Welcome to The Build Show, the only show that eats eggs sunny side down. I'm Anthony. I'm Zach. And I'm Chris. Welcome, Chris. Yes. <laughs> We're just not going to address the sunny side down part. We're just... No. I was going to say moony side down, but I was like, that that just goes that's too, too far. Much. That's, yeah, that's... that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it could have some weirdo implications. Mm. So I was like, let's go sunny side down. So how would you cook that? Wait, that would be the same. If it's sunny side up, the moony side would obviously be down. True, Ooh. good point. Shoot. Oh, okay. So a moony side down egg is the same egg as, as a sunny side, side up egg. Interesting. We need to we need to tell someone about this. We That's true. What if, <laughs> wait, what about a, what if it's like a half moon though or like a blue moon? Does it do anything different or then what then it would be a blue egg. It doesn't work. It could be what if what if it's, it's a green, green egg? egg? Yeah. I was oh. like, <laughs> Does someone want to eat ham with it? <laughs> I have ham. Beautiful. Yeah. I have food color. Wait. What do green eggs and ham sound like? Theme music. <laughs> show and as always we'll start with a prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen heavenly father we give you praise and thanks for all of the good work you are doing in our lives we thank you especially for the gift of brotherhood how good it is when brothers dwell in unity we thank you for the gift of discernment for showing us more and more slowly day by day how to see the little ways that you move in our lives we give you praise and thanks for those little ways that you move us. I ask that you make us more and more aware of these graces and more receptive to them. And I ask that you continue to be generous with these graces and to pour them out upon us. And I ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, sir. That was a beautiful prayer. <laughs> like, I, I was, as you were going through, through as, when you were, as you were chatting, as you, just as you were speaking, I was like, wow, just... I don't know what to call it. The the way you prayed was just like <laughs> captivating. I was like, wow, he knows exactly what he's saying. I was like, that was just right on point. It sounded like you had like written it down and we're reading like <laughs> reading a prayer and I was like, dang. He was reading cue cards I was holding up. It yeah, no really. And I just had my eyes closed and wasn't looking. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, I bet you all were wondering what this um, manly different manly voices who's here. That was a weird way to say it. <laughs> so um, weird. We've got another wonderful guest uh, today, and we have yet another seminarian. It's pretty great. Um, we've got Chris. Are we on a last name basis today? Sure. Chris Lukachevsky. I don't even try to spell it. It's okay. awesome. It looks great. It's <laughs> impossible to spell. Lukachevsky. How would you spell that? L-U-C-K. L-U-K-A. Hang on, wait, wait, I'm just going to say the whole thing, and then, then, we'll, then we'll hear the right spelling. Okay. L-U-K-A-F-S-K-I-U-Lukachevsky. No, no, oh no, L-U-K-A-V-I-S-K-I-E. How was that? No. I mean, 
They've been worse. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the actual spelling? L U K A S Z E W S K I. I was not close at all. Where's like, the Z come in? It's like you know how Gen it's like Z? like you know how like um, Kiravoitiwa is not spelled the way it sounds. Definitely heard that one before. No. Do you know? Okay. Who is Carol Boitiwa, Anthony? <laughs> I have no idea. Are you serious? Who's Carol Boitiwa? Ever heard of JP2? Oh, yeah. Same guy. Oh! <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Now I feel like a terrible Catholic. I didn't know that. Now you know who Carol Boitiwa is. Oh, wow. But it's spelled with, like, with the cool spelling that way, too. You know, you know what my first thought was? I was like, he didn't have a wife. <laughs> okay. Oh, because he's not Carol Boitiwa. Okay. It's a name. girl. No. <laughs> I was like... Zach, he wasn't married. I was, like, where, I was like, where where in the heck would that have come from? I was like, is this his mom's name? Uh, no. Okay. Rob Anthony doesn't married. know his popes. Anthony doesn't know his popes and doesn't know how to spell. Um, okay, the spelling, so, though, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> it was a trap. So are you Polish, Chris? Yeah, one sixteenth. No so, way. That's, that's awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So you are a seminarian here at the Nazareth House, and it's a lot of fun. Um, you are... The first seminarian to stay for two years here at the Nazareth House uh, because it's such a new building and a new environment. Uh, I want to say have, environment. It's a new habitat. Have we ever explained? Seminarians. Have we ever explained to our viewers what the Nazareth House actually is? Perhaps not. Because I was like, I feel like we throw that name out a lot. We do. Um, yeah, I was like, what? What is the Nazareth House? Because a lot of people, when they think of seminary, you go you go off to a different state or to a different right. place, and you're in like a boarding school institution type of thing. Um, but the Nazareth House is a little bit different the way we do it here in, in Arizona. True. Um, so you guys live here, and you guys want to give the kind of the rundown. How would you explain the Nazareth House, Chris? So the Nazareth House is a seminary, which is a institution dedicated to formation. I'm making up words here <laughs> uh, for people who are discerning priesthood, specifically diocesan priesthood. So within the community of Phoenix, um, and until. Last year, almost two years ago now, there was no such thing as Nazareth House, which is, uh, it all came together um, last year, my first year of seminary, um, where it's, the idea is like a house format rather than a college format, so you aren't, the normal format for seminary is going to just like a college, you live in dorms, you take classes, there are professors and doctors and all sorts of things. Um, and you learn philosophy and theology and all of that before being ordained. Um, but recent, in recent years, um, the higher-up church people have discerned that it's necessary to have more focus on like human formation, on forming us as people, rather than just our brains as learning all of the good stuff. Um, so what we do first here, and that's the purpose of Nazareth House, is just living in community and growing as men of Christ and men of communion with each other. Uh, and so this is a Nazareth house. You can't see it. I keep gesturing yeah. <laughs> towards the room, but I realize that you can't see it. But it's the Nazareth house. Um, and so you guys so you guys are in here for, for two years, most usually. Yes. Um, for two years. And then you, you get like an associate and then get sent off to the actual, to like the college format in dorms up in... Well, kind Denver, of. So or is it different? It's about the same. So the Nazareth House is actually modeled after the setup in Denver. Is it? Okay, it is. okay. Yeah. copycats. No we way. Are. Yes, <laughs> but they they got it right. Um, so it's all house formats. So you live with the guys who are in your in your your level of schooling, basically. Gotcha. So, but like, yeah, for your two years of philosophy, you're living in the philosophy mm -hmm. house. For your years in theology, you're living in theology house. There's even a house for the spirituality year. Um, oh. So it's set up where it's a house format. 
So it's different, like, houses, and you're not living in actual dorms? Correct. It's more like this. Mm -hmm. like a base. I I, I just did the Chris. I just did... I just just gestured (laughs) at the Nether house again. I gestured to the invisible house. Um, But yeah, it's very much more like this. I've never actually seen it, but that's what I've heard. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I was operating under the impression that it was, like, what you were saying, Chris, like a... Uh, a, a college institutional thing where you sent off and like you're totally different now so they, did they change the one in Denver or was it always like that? I think it's always been like that. I think so. That's a really good question. Uh, That's where Bishop Olmstead went, right? Okay. In Denver? Bishop Olmstead is the uh, oh, Diocese gosh. of Phoenix uh, or Bishop for years and years I think. He'll be a saint one day. Yeah, definitely will be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure if you guys aren't from Arizona you guys can look him up. He'll be he'll be there. Great guy. I think he went to Denver. Donald Trump I, I could saying. be totally wrong, but I Great think guy. he went to Denver. Fantastic. Did you just do a Donald Trump impression? I did. Because you know whenever he talks about like a, a friend of his, he's always like, great guy, does just great work, fantastic. I can't tell if you're trying to do a, Nor- like a New York accent <laughs> or if you're trying to I sound mean, like Donald Trump. But he is from New York. See, now I look like an idiot. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Ding ding. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's get back on. Topic. Anyways, yeah. After we talk about uh, seminaries, so nice, <laughs> nice, nice side topic, though. Chris, welcome to the podcast, where all we do is talk about tangents for thirty Thank minutes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, first, when did? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to? I know this is like the general, like the basic seminary question, but do you want to kind of give your discernment story, how you ended up here at the Nazareth House? Sure. It can be any of the any of the time divergence, whichever you prefer. Yeah, like, when, like when did it when did it start? <laughs> like, because I know that as a seminary, and like, even as like a not as a, just a good Catholic person in general. You have like your discernment story, like every as I think is more as a seminary more often, you will get asked about it probably all the time. So you probably have like a scripted story, but just um, but anyways, we'd love to hear it. All right, so it goes it goes back a long way, like kindergarten somewhere around there. Um, my brother and I both at some point figured out that being a priest sounded like the coolest thing ever. We were both uh, really little kids. So we, uh, we would play mass, and my brother was older, and so he got to be the priest, so I never got to be the priest. <laughs> but uh, I'd be like the deacon or the reader or whatever, and so we would do mass, we'd have the crackers. I didn't like grape juice, so we'd, we went, went a step lower, we did apple juice. Okay. I mean, not that grape juice would be authentic either. But, um, and then after Peter was done, that's when I would get my sisters and I would play mass, where I would get to be the priest. So I did get to experience that, but... Ever since, yeah, like back then, like I thought being a priest was just really cool. Um, and growing up, like people would tell me all the time, I was, I was raised Catholic, so I went to Catholic school um, all my life, until now actually. It's funny going to Phoenix College while I'm here. It's my first mm-hmm. time in public school. But um, yeah, I always uh, was raised Catholic with a, with a love for... For Jesus, I knew that He loved me. That's what I was taught. I was told all the time that I'd make a great priest. Um, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll make a great priest. And it wasn't until high school, when I went to Wargate Catholic High School, um, that I was starting to be challenged in my faith. Um, a retreat I went on beforehand. I got a letter from my brother Peter, who was saying like just he shared something about like his struggles and how like he was proud of me for for being strong in my faith and so i was like yeah i'm strong in my faith i'm like i'm way ahead of everyone else um but then going like freshman year scripture class my teacher um totally like just blew it out of the water with a random uh just presentation on what it means to be a true christian as opposed to just being a good person 
and there was a little diagram that we made, um, the whole class, and, like, we had to put stuff down for, like, what makes you a good person, and so, like, people were calling out, like, holding the door open for someone, or, uh, smiling when you're in the hall, waving, saying hello, uh, being nice to people in general, doing your homework on time, um, but then the teacher started writing down things like going to mass on Sundays, going to confession, um, and things like that. And it was just like, like my heart started to kind of sink. I was like, "What's going on?" Like she's putting that on on the good part, on on the good person side, not on the what it means to be the real Christian side. Um, and so like there's just like a silence because like we don't know what to put on on the other side now. Um, and the teacher just like after letting us be quiet, turns and writes down dying on the side of what it means to be a true Christian. And she went on to say that just doing all of the right things can like it shows that you're like a good you're a decent person. Um, but that real like faith, real Christianity has to be rooted in that sacrifice of dying to yourself, um, not literally following Jesus in the way that he died, but following him in the spirit of his crucifixion, um, in dying and rising with him, experiencing that and embracing it. Um, and so with that, that was when I was first challenged to pursue my faith a lot more actively. Um, and then just from that, a lot of a lot of other I could go on. A lot of stuff happened in high school, but um, eventually, like the idea of priesthood kept coming up, um, and I was growing stronger and stronger in my faith. Um, and I was waiting for a sign, really, of like, well, what does God want me to do? Because I knew what I wanted to do. Um, that I had kind of decided I want to be a priest. Um, I know that it's what I want to do, but I don't know what God wants me to do. Like, where is He leading me? Um, so I was kind of like praying with that, um, waiting for, waiting for like a sign, like, what do you want me to do? And so this is like junior year, towards the end of junior year. And, um, I was starting to get frustrated with like the lack of anything. Um, but then talking to, uh, Father Paul, um, once I was just starting to realize, um, through the priest that I was talking to that, it's not about like getting a sign. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, there's not gonna be a burning bush or the heavens opening and a voice saying, you're gonna be a seminarian. Um, but that the Lord was just using my desire because I was aware of this desire to enter into seminary, um, to go, to move towards priesthood. And I had to recognize that that was the Lord working in forming my desire for priesthood. And that had to be enough me um, and I had to let that lead me and so I've been letting that lead me um, and it's just more and more of, of that desire is grown and cultivated and learning how to see the Lord more and more the ways that he's working in my life um, and just after almost two years now I'm, I'm still like 100% um, all in for priesthood for seminary currently because it'll still be right. six years seven years until until that fateful day but <laughs> everything changes yeah. <laughs> until the, the day like I had heard until the, like that day with, uh, on your ordination mm -hmm. um, that 
I heard from Father Sergio, our pastor at mm-hmm. St. Anne's, like, like up, all the way up until that day, like, you're discerning. Like, you're you're discerning all the way up until literally you are ordained. Like, you're, like, he would, he told me when on his, on his day of ordination, he was flipping out because he thought he wasn't supposed to be a priest. And he was, like, <laughs> freaking out that he was, like, he had, he had to worry, like, he had made the whole wrong decision with his life and stuff, like, and it, he was just, like, you have to, you have to be, like, accepting mm-hmm. and like, calm with it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll change that just a little bit, because you don't stop discerning after, after you... Right, no, you yeah, don't... Yeah. St- oh, I laugh. No, I guess so laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was really... You don't stop discerning, um, but, like, it's your... You're confident in your vocation. There's two different um, types of discernment. There's, there's like, little... Um, little vocations right. and there's big vocations. Um, that's not the technical term, but you have <laughs> all your vocations like throughout your life of what the basically what the Lord is calling you to do, and like throughout your entire life, um, you are you are discerning what the Lord wants you to do and what what He's what He's calling you to do. For example, when you wake up in the morning and He's calling you to, and you you've got an assignment due, He's calling you to do that assignment. And so while it may seem really easy okay, I need to discern, like, whether to do the assignment or not. Like, this is a really easy example, but, like, you you go and do your assignment. And so there's all those little decisions throughout your entire life that you're discerning, like, what's the Lord's will and, like, what he's calling you to do. And then there's your, um, your kind of your life vocation, your big one of, like, um, seminary life or priesthood, single life, married life, convent, whatever. Um, and, like, your, your big vocation, uh, calling it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when your, your discernment and we're where it doesn't come to an end, but where it comes to fruition. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It shifts from from if, like if I'm called to be a priest, to how I'm called to be a priest. Exactly. Because every day when you are a priest, you have to figure out, like, how does he want me to live my priesthood in, in each situation that a priest finds himself in? Exactly. Which is like those little vocations as you go along yeah. throughout your life. Nice. I love how you mentioned, like, so that... That image that you that you shared it gets me every time when when the, she, when the teacher's writing down like all of these basic Catholic things on the on just the good person side and then dying on the other side to be a good Christian and so I think there's that highlights a cool point because there's a lot of suffering that comes into discernment so that plays into discernment and that comes out of discernment as well um, and kind of how you know definitely I think being called to seminary there is there are some sacrifices that come with that and being called to marriage there are sacrifices that come with that as well. Um, but how have you seen um, sacrifices in your discernment? Or how, have, how has that kind of affected your discernment? Um, I think it, it almost feels counterintuitive, but I think one of the biggest sacrifices is the sacrifice of will. Um, whenever I think of that, of that memory of uh, when I was told that being a true Christian is about dying to self, I saw that as like, okay, I need to do something. I need to, uh, I need to try harder. Um, at the time, I was going to daily mass, so I had to uh, engage more rather than just like being there because just to be there. Um, and so, for a long time, it always felt like dying in Christianity was about doing more and being more um, and trying harder. Um, but that didn't always work out. I had a lot of uh, a lot of the time, like I would end up frustrated um, with not being good enough because obviously I'm not. I still sin. Um, but the like one of the hardest things of that sacrifice that I realized is definitely connected to that dying 
is to not be in control of the things that that's going on um, mm-hmm. to see more that it's what God's doing in me rather than what I am doing for God because if it's just me doing and and growing and doing more and more things then I just get exhausted um, but when I let God work and when things happen that I don't understand and I didn't it's not like I'm not doing it it's not my fault I have to step back and say it's not what I'm doing, it's what you are doing, and I have to be able to trust that and to let you do that mm-hmm. and to not try to do everything on my own. Um, and so that surrender is, is just so necessary and pretty painful to go through um, and to continue to live in because that's where, and that's where all of the grace comes from. Yeah. I'm curious because I, I, I totally agree with that. That's, that's great. And um, when, you're, when you're talking about it, it's kind of just like, it's when you're like dying to self it's just like you said like surrendering to the lord like dying dying to the lord and stuff like that and you you mentioned that it's difficult and it's painful sometimes um what would what would what would you say would be like not your i guess your advice of like what do you do in your daily life because i know a lot of times for me when people ask me like well like what do you do like how do you do this or when i try to think about myself i'm like oh i just do it um <laughs> like that's the like i like i sometimes don't have a method for it do you have a method or do you have experiences or um examples of times where it's been difficult or something you have done to be able to do that or through through, oh, through, through prayers. Surrender. yeah throughout throughout surrender and being mm-hmm. able to like techniques on how to be able to lean on god or prayers on how to be able to lean on god <laughs> type of thing because we all know it's ridiculously difficult and i think everyone has their own their own ways and own methods on how to do it and their own struggles with it as well um, but i'm just curious if your personal experiences with that mm-hmm my favorite um, prayer on surrender is the surrender novena, yes. a nine-day prayer um, given to uh, his name was Father Delindo, um, a man who uh, Saint uh, Padre Pio described as like the whole of paradise is in your soul. Um, that strike that strikes me. Um, but the the whole purpose of the novena is it's Jesus speaking to this priest who shares this novena with the rest of the world. And um, being able to, to recognize that as, um, as Jesus' words, saying, just surrender to me, um, and hearing his promise of like how he will take care of it. Um, I prayed that novena like dozens of times, um, and there's always just grace and peace from it, even in the hardest, when it's like, Lord, this is going wrong, and I want to fix it, but I can't fix it. Um, just like being reminded that there are actual words of Christ spoken to me to say, just slow down, surrender, I will take care of it. Don't try to do anything, just close your eyes and be with me, and I will take care of it. Um, there's something about hearing him promise that and praying with that, mm-hmm. um, that just more and more each time I pray it, like I'm closer to that surrender. Um, and it's an ongoing thing. Like it's not like, oh, I surrendered like two years ago, and ever since I haven't struggled with yeah. worrying about anything. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you guys hear that clock, because it's a nice little grandfather clock. Is it a grandfather <laughs> clock? It's, if it is, it's a very small. Grandfather. It's a baby oh. grandfather. Ba- yes. Oh, it's a baby grandfather. Got you. Got you. Um, where Where would you find that? Is it just could you just look up Novena Sur- Surrender Novena so. on the internet yeah. and find it up? Okay. Got you. Got you. Because I was like. 
where would you get that? Yeah. One of the big things with Surrender 2, and I think we, we touched on this a little bit in our form, in our uh, formation meeting a couple nights ago, um, was it really being rooted in your identity in Christ in mm-hmm. order to surrender fully, like to know what you're surrendering, to be able to kind of take on that sacrifice of surrender more readily, more fully. Um, you have to like, you have to know yourself, you have to know what you're sacrificing kind of thing. And so it was pretty cool when our formator was emphasizing like, you have to, you really need to be grounded in that identity as a son or daughter of Christ um, in order to surrender more perfectly kind of thing. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it too. And that that's a, that's a whole other topic, um, you know, being aware of your identity. Um, but being, I think it was, it was, there were two other points. It was being aware of your identity and, um, knowing you are not alone. Yes. And what was the third one? I think the third one was surrender. I think they, oh yeah, oh, they yeah. both like tied yeah, in yeah. surrender. Yeah. But that, that, that struck me as, as really cool too. Um, really relying on the saints, um, just really leaning heavily on the saints on our, on our heavenly mother and father, Mary and Joseph, um, to help us make that surrender as well. was pretty cool. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there you go. You had, you had a bit of like practical advice with the novena and then a little bit of mm-hmm. like, oh, go deeper with that kind of thing. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about novenas last week in Central Week. We did. Which we talked about praying novena for a specific intention. And I think there's always a a need for more surrender, more being able to to um, submit yourself more to the Lord. Because I think cause it goes back to all of our pride that we all have, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the root of all sin and stuff like that. Right. That's pride is the root of all sin. Um, but that would be a, a great specific intention to be able to, to, to be able to surrender yourself. Because I feel like, especially in this world, um, being able to surrender yourself and, and I don't want to say let things go, but because that's that's the wrong the wrong term for it. But be able to um, think. Yeah, did you just did you just say <laughs> no, 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 Zach, move on. Zach, just... move on, move on, move on. No, I don't, I don't think I can happen. move on from Zach uh, singing like Elsa. Move on. <laughs> um, um, do you want to finish the song? No. Okay, just checking. Can't Sorry. hold it back anymore. Um, you were saying something really important. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, especially in, in today's world, being able to, and instead of looking in, into yourself and in, inside yourself, being able to put yourself, I'm using hand motions, but being able to put yourself, um, lay yourself out into the world instead of, instead of bring everything into yourself, into the world, um, which I think is what's kind of yeah. very important, especially in this world. I think in any, any time period, but especially in the world we live in now. Sure. And I think what, what's so cool about Surrender too is it brings about incredible freedom as well. And that's yeah. the biggest thing. It's like, that's where the grace comes in, is just being able to say, Lord, I surrender this to you and I'm just going to kind of keep going, you know? Not, not stressing about it that way. So, and it's it, great for you. It almost seems like, because I know, I'm sure a lot of you, because when I, the initial thing that my brain goes to when you say, brings a lot of freedom, is I'm like, you're lying. I was <laughs> like, what? I, not, but I, I know it's not true. No, but break that open, that, break that open. But like, I know a lot of people when, when they say, when they ask questions of, like, why, why does God give us free will? Uh, or sorry, why do bad things happen? Like, why do we have free will? Like, why does God just make us love him? Um, and so what you said of surrendering yourself gives you more freedom. Everyone's in, like, it's, everyone thinks that giving yourself to the Lord or whatever gives you less freedom or like makes it cause it, that's what their initial thought is. And so, and it's what everyone's brain goes to. And so even though I know that it's true, that it does give you more freedom, my, my initial brain went to, well, that's no, because you're submitting yourself to somebody else, like to, to, to whatever. Um, and same thing with, with free will, like, well, well, no, like, and, and people people being like, oh, like, why doesn't God just make us make us love him and stuff like that? Him 
him letting us have that free will gives us gives us the freedom, but us choosing the good also get like is what is what mm. our free will is for. We're using it to our fullest extent. Um, so I'm curious. Freedom from or freedom for? That's the difference. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Freedom from or freedom for? And we talk. I think we talk about that. I think definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to ask Chris or Zach like uh, any thoughts on how to be able to articulate that of being like okay how surrender actually does give you more freedom because a lot of people will disagree that it does give you more freedom um i, th- I think i'll use the analogy of, te- of, of technology um because i think we are very blessed at the nazareth house um to both be freed from technology um and by doing that we're free um for deeper relationship with the lord um so you know like we all have uh, flip phones we have to get rid of our smartphones um we all we're, in, we're definitely encouraged to spend minimal time or just as little time as necessary on the computer for school kind of thing um and so like for me i used to be a total night person a total night out and so that and i still am honestly but instead of spending all hours of the night working on schoolwork or watching a movie or doing xyz um now because we're encouraged and really put in a situation where we're asked to really kind of minimize our use of technology we're free for greater for a deeper relationship with the Lord, you know? I'm free to come down and spend more time in the Adoration Chapel, um, where you're you're freeing yourself from these other things so that you are more disposed, you're greater, you have a greater disposition for greater relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah. Um, the kind of idea that a lot of people have of freedom is being able to do, like, what they, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, surrender being letting God do what he's going to do, that's the greater freedom there is, um, it's like uh, you're way back, like 1500s or whatever, you're going on the Titanic, and this guy goes up to you and be like, don't go on there, it's going to crash, or whatever. Would it be an obstruction of your freedom to not be allowed to go onto the Titanic when, uh, like, the result would be that you would, it would crash and burn and you would die? Um, is that person helping your freedom or is he hindering it? Um, because you definitely would have the ability, um, to continue to ignore, um, the rules and the restrictions, um, even if that is harmful to you. Um, but they are made for, specifically for your freedom, um, that laws are supposed to be made in, in the service of your freedom being able to uh, choose what is good rather than just whatever you want because what we want always changes whether what kind of uh, flavor at Dutch Bros you like changes whatever your favorite is or uh, anything like that whether you like Dutch Bros or not because at first I was like Dutch Bros is lame it's like I actually have been like three times now. And I've, I've converted to it. I, yeah I've been it's funny I work there so I think, think it's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go. Um, but so we don't want our freedom to be like something that changes all the time. So we root it in, or I mean, not that we are rooting it because it's freedom is what it is. We can't really change it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it, it is rooted in the will of the father and surrendering to that will brings us freedom in being able to unite ourselves to him. And it's a little difficult to explain. And I yeah. haven't taken the, the, <laughs> level philosophy classes yet i can kind of see what you were where you're where you're touching on because when you like you said of us being able to freedom is a lot of seen as choosing whatever we want to do 
where when we when we choose evil when we choose bad things we get tied down to those and so you like when you give the example of the technology you get you get either addicted or you get where that's you are that it hinders your freedom because it, it then it goes also back to the Titanic where if you are hindered from being onto the Titanic does it does it actually hinder your freedom well no because in in the large terms you're gonna die mm-hmm. and so like you you would you would get killed which are then it goes into you could go to heaven stuff like that but like anyways <laughs> but it's going back to just Very just cool. that that in that moment you die and then we'll pretending like just that your freedom can only be exercised on earth which is false but like um you would like your freedom would end there and so it's like when you choose is what you choose against the lord against what you would choose when surrendering to him ties you down and hinders you and cripples your soul type of thing where your freedom is then inhibited because you you kind of go down to the path of of choosing hell which is the ultimate like you have no freedom in that in that regard um oh but you so you still have free will in you still you do yeah. you have free will in there but but the you have free will to, to choose heaven or hell mm-hmm. and that's a huge thing for me i was like because people never get sent to hell you choose hell right um but as but the that's what we're trying to explain here is why not surrendering yourself to the lord and why like to just doing whatever you want to takes away your freedom so like when mm-hmm. you when you choose hell you are taking away your your freedom basically you have free will but your mm-hmm. but the ultimate freedom that you have in your soul because your soul is is i don't want to call it it's not dead but your soul being separated from its maker from mm-hmm. from its being united where it's meant to be just is ultimately what's the word for it kills it cripples it doesn't is bad for it mm-hmm. um that's a bad way of saying it <laughs> but then having that unity with god if we're, we're, you said serenity you said something chris that i want to touch on of, of when you have that unity with god um and he knows what's best for you and he's guiding what's best for you 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 have that freedom because your your soul is flourishing your soul is 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 where it's meant to be Mm -hmm. and it's doing the good and so you have um you're healthy and you are your your soul is is spiritually healthy and you have the ability to serve i see you're you're like dancing around i'm I'm right there (laughs) I, i can't i can't quite get the the correct philosophical words for it. So I hope that made any sense. Like when you're, um, you, you get tied down to the evil, and so it takes away your freedom. When you, when you open yourself up and you surrender yourself to God, and you, you and your soul is in that healthy place, you have um, all the freedom in the world because, um, you have the ability to choose between all the goods that the Lord has given you, um, and you want to choose those goods, and you're not tied down to them. And if we believe that God wants what's best for us, which that could be up for debate for some people, what if we can convince you of that, that God wants what is ultimately most good for us, if we submit our will to that, to his will, that gives us the most freedom to that good. Yeah. Like Mary saying, I am the handmaid of the Lord, when she says yes, that is, it, it could sound like her um, submission to the Lord being giving up her freedom, but it's actually like the fullness of freedom and being able to say yes to the Lord because in his will is complete freedom and goodness. Because ultimately, we want to use our freedom for what's good for us. Like, I, I never celebrate the use of my freedom when I accidentally, <laughs> like, like, when I do something terrible and I hurt myself accidentally. Like, like, like 
Free will, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, free will. Right, I'm like, woohoo. I'm like, we ultimately have the freedom to be able to choose what's good for us. Like, there, it's kind of stupid to to say, yeah, I exercised my freedom to go and like smack myself in the head or something. Like, <laughs> like that was, so, like, why why would you use your freedom to do that? It's it makes it's better to do to for yourself. And you said also, if we can convince you that the Lord wants what's best for you, is a whole nother huge topic too, because <laughs> you everyone debates on like what why we were created and stuff like that. Um, okay. Like, what if the Lord wants what's best for us? Is He the good Creator and stuff? Um, and it ultimately comes down to, like, there's a lot of math and science in this as well, but, like, why in the heck was, were we created? Um, like, why, if the Whoa. Lord didn't want what's best for us, why the heck were we created? Um, like, because God could, because ex- the definition of God is the supreme being who needs no, who's unchanging and who needs nothing else. Like, that was a terrible definition, but, um, but what I'm trying to touch on is doesn't need anything else. And so if the Lord doesn't need anything else, if he doesn't want what's good for us, why would he not, why would he create us type of thing? So there go, he created us because he wants what's good for us, because he's ultimately love. We need freaking philosophy degrees to talk about We this. really do. <laughs> I was like, we're just kind of like, yeah. You guys so, just started going, and I was like, what? Well, we just like kept we climbing. Through it. <laughs> we we kind of did just like fall around through, through trying to explain yeah. it. But if, I mean, honestly, I hope that provokes thoughts for you guys. Um, and, and, and stuff like that as you guys are thinking about it. And let's wrap it up by tying it back into vocation because I think we're, we, we kept dancing around it. We did. And then ultimately that free will, like following the will of the Lord and, cho- and choosing the vocation that the Lord has chosen for you, again, is ultimately just choosing freedom yeah. for the Lord, you know, surrendering mm-hmm. your will in that way. Um, and so you're, you're in the best position to respond to grace mm-hmm. when you choose the vocation that the Lord chooses for you. Because it fits right in with who you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's what's best for you. Bingo. So continue to dive deep into that. You know, like we're not philosophy majors, but um, <laughs> not y'all can y'all. I, there's there's many. If you look if you look right, there's many places and stuff that you can um, find these good good Catholic theologians and good ways to the saints and everything of their, their through their philosophy to kind of dive deeper into this. So definitely would encourage you guys to meditate on that and find some resources as well, um, as we definitely should. I'm going to go spend the rest of the day trying to figure out what we just talked about. Yeah. No, really. <laughs> my, my brain is like, whoa. But as, as always, um, I heard you guys mention and, and just dive deeper into this. And any prayer intentions? Start with you, Chris. Oh, yeah. um, Let's see. Ooh. For all of our moms, I think, this upcoming Mother's Day. You'll, you'll, you'll be hearing this, actually, right, Mother's on Mother's Day. Day. So it's happening. For all of our, for all of our moms, <laughs> they, are, they are amazing. We would not be here without them. They said yes to birthing you. This is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris is done. Um, I mean, they could have said just no, stay in there. True. <laughs> so yeah, pray and that's for all the ultimate moms. flex that your mom has on you is that she, depending on how long she labored for. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, my mom would always say like, "Yeah, I was in the hospital for 13 hours laboring." You're like, she, you, you can't beat your mom in anything. She has that on you. So, what about you, Chris? Um. For my family as well, as a whole, as we continue to grow closer to God, um, and for me to be able to surrender them to the Lord, um, not like living with them, not being able to uh, to be like there 100%, um, and so me being able to continue to give that up to the Lord and entrust them to Him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, you know, continuing as... You guys have heard my discernment path and stuff, so as always, continuing prayers for um, me to be able to surrender to the Lord as well and surrender to His will to 
you know, to continue to walk on the path that he wants me to walk um, so that I can, you know, gain the most freedom, is have, have freedom as the Lord wants. Um, and for my family on this Mother's Day as well, and for especially everyone who's, I think I said this last time, everyone who's going into summer, they have a productive summer as, as the... Maybe a relaxing summer. How about a relaxing well, productive in the sense of being able to deepen your relationship with the Lord. There we so go. So summer united to as well. Yes. you have... <laughs> You don't have as many responsibilities, and so you have that free time. And being able to use that free time responsibly and um, effectively, because a lot of times I feel like summer just passes us by. This Everyone says summer goes so fast, but, you, but be intentional with your summer um, this 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 time. So prayers for everyone else to have an intentional summer, and for the healing, and for anyone who's been in a crisis. There was definitely a huge there was a huge crisis. Um, and, oh, by where I live, mm. there was a runaway driver and stuff like that, and like yeah, yeah. craziness. So. Prayers for that, for those people who are injured there, uh, and just for law enforcement and stuff that they've been ridiculed and attacked um, throughout, who really want the good for us and are enforcing the law to give us freedom. So, nice. yeah, for prayers, prayers for them as well. Beautiful. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you for it having me. It was a lot of fun. We had a crazy philosophical discussion. That was fantastic. I, I think that's... I feel like I need yeah. to go drink coffee or something. <laughs> I mean, we have it. We do have coffee. But... For now, since it is Mother's Day, go spend time with your moms. Yeah. Why are you listening to this podcast? Unless you're listening to it as a family and your mom wanted to listen to this it. That's true. Oh. Otherwise, get off your phone. And happy birthday, mom. I mean, not happy birthday. I said happy, <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, my gosh. You can tell we're tired. Uh, Our brains have been destroyed. Yep. Um, we love you all. Hopefully, your brains aren't destroyed. We love you all. As always, we're praying for you. Peace out. Peace. Amen. Bye. You said amen again. I know, I wanted to. Why? <laughs> now it's a thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, no, no. Yes. Mm-hmm.